Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Welcome to The Ray Taylor Show, where I bring you the reviews on the latest movies and TV shows, as well as classic and foreign films. I'm your host, Ray Taylor, and on this podcast, I'll be talking about all things film and television whether you're looking for a new show to binge or want to know if that blockbuster is worth the trip to the theater or just want to hear my thoughts on a classic or foreign film i've got you covered so join me every monday wednesday or friday for a new episode and let's dive into the world of film and television together on this episode I am talking about another Alex Garland film, as I has been have been for the past two Wednesdays. I've been watching and talking about Alex Garland Films, a new and upcoming director. He has three films that he has created thus far. Two weeks ago, I watched and reviewed Ex Machina. Last week, I talked about Annihilation. And this week... For my first viewing and first time discussing this film, his third film, Men, which came out last year, 2022, written and directed, as I said, by Alex Garland. This has a very small cast. I believe this was actually filmed during the pandemic, uh, which makes sense for the small cast as well as thematically plays into this movie as well. Uh, This movie stars Jesse Buckley, Rory Kinnear. Uh, Papa Isiedu and Gail Rankin. The basic idea plot of this movie, a young woman goes on a solo vacation to the English countryside following the death of her ex-husband. Overall, this movie, similar to Annihilation in a lot of ways, the pacing very slow. Uh, This movie confusing at times uh if not constantly uh this movie does have an element of fear which was nice this is a scary film uh and i actually think i loved it (laughs) i think i despite the fact that it has a lot of comparisons to annihilation which i didn't really enjoy uh that movie i had watched for the second time i had given it another chance and annihilation It's slow, confusing, and nearly put me to sleep both times I watched it. Where this one, this movie, slow, confusing, but I was engaged and I was into it. And this movie goes insane. And I love insane. Uh, This movie takes an even bigger swing than Annihilation. And is probably, you know, the fact that despite it being confusing, it definitely had a lot more for me to hold on to. And uh, the metaphors that are pretty heavy-handed, the the ideas that he's trying to get across, very heavy-handed. But the way in which he does it and the crazy, horrific, and surreal nature in which he does it, I loved. I, I love this movie. I don't know what to tell you. This is, And I could see... Many people not liking this movie. I went back and listened to other podcasts that have reviewed this movie. And while I agree with a lot of the things they said, they have been negative. They happen to have had more of a negative uh, take on this movie where I appreciated and loved all of the things that they thought were negatives. I felt were positives. Uh, So I love this movie. And it 
I'm glad. Because for me, you know, Ex Machina was good. I enjoyed Ex Machina. Simple, kind of a fun, kind of a, a thriller, sci-fi thriller in a way. Um, and then Annihilation, definitely a bigger swing for him. Definitely somebody that's working with a bigger budget, working with bigger ideas. Uh, but it was a miss for me. And kind of felt like Alex Garland, maybe it's just a director that I'm not that into. The things and stories he wants to tell, how he likes to tell stories, maybe they just don't connect with me. And that's fine. There's a lot of very interesting, very well-renowned directors that I just don't get and just don't you know, like. And I was worried that maybe Alex Garland was that. And uh, this movie definitely my favorite Alex Garland film because it is so crazy because of the ending of this movie I love like and and a lot of that not only the visual aspects of it the horrific aspects of the graphic nature of this movie all added to my enjoyment but also the fact that it is very much every aspect of the th this movie the themes everything it's trying to communicate is men and the worst parts of men which despite the fact that I happen to be a man I the way I grew up I was raised I was had a single mom had no dad in my life didn't really have any male figures in my life so and in a lot of ways don't relate to a lot of dudes that have that that thing where it's clear that like their version of being a man is to have all of these character traits that are the most toxic toxic aspects to society the this like this delusion that being a certain type of asshole is somehow the credentials to being an alpha male is absurd and this movie highlights a lot of those things, and I highly agree with, you know, how horrible men can be. How, like, the, the many, like, so the fact that it is very much heavy-handed, very much on the nose with what it's trying to communicate, I don't have a problem with. I mean, it's a movie titled Men, and... This movie is all about the worst, worst aspects of men as told in a horror story. This is a horror movie. Um, so I have a lot to say about this movie. So buckle up. Uh, I'll get into spoilers later, but it could be a long episode. Obviously, if you're already listening and or watching to this, you know how long it is before I do. <laughs> I am only a few minutes in and I know this is going to be a long one, but uh, let's get into my thoughts on this movie, right? This is a wild ride, this movie, and despite it being kind of slow, it's the places we go is like crazy, right? This movie is kind of part haunted house, which I don't think any I've heard anybody compare it to that, but it is definitely part haunted house. The idea that she is being haunted is literally brought up in the film and in some ways and it's not just necessarily the house that is haunted it is more that she is being haunted 
she her the house being her mind being the place she is existing in at any given moment uh she is the one being haunted house this movie is also kind of part descent into madness caused by that which happens in a lot of haunted house films like a shining for example this movie is also very much a big part uh commentary on toxic men and the contagious nature of damage the how how the toxicity and the traits that make men disgusting and horrible how those things are passed on right the idea of hurt people hurt people right that idea of of things giving birth to the next generation of damaged men and i think in some ways society is becoming aware of a lot of those things and of course there is the part of society that's digging their heels in and thinks that any kind of societal change or behavioral change is in some ways diminishing the the need for men or the existence of men which i think is absolutely absurd i think it is more people just not wanting to change and being comfortable and very happy with the fact that they are disgusting human beings so you know i I enjoy what this like it's a it's a punch and it's not it's not trying to there's no subtlety to what this movie is doing this is a movie that is trying to hit you in the face with like showing all of the many ways in which men can be absolutely disgusting humans disgusting creatures anyways and that's not to say that i am immune to maybe having some of these traits in my life you know it has been an ever expanding journey of my life to you know be aware of how i am how i've acted in the past how i'd like to be a better person i am actively in many ways trying to be a better person and it's impossible to improve without reflection so i appreciate this movie for really holding a a a mirror up a very crazy surreal mirror up to the many issues that you know i think there's a lot of people in our society that just want to ignore in both like and when i say people in our society i'm not just saying the men want to ignore these things there are a lot of women that love these types of men and because of that because of the same i'm sure type of damage they do not want to really confront the reality of how absolutely disgusting men can be right and the idea of how these things kind of keep going keep existing how this type of existence and trauma and damage keeps repeating itself so all that stuff this movie's dark this movie's twisted right it's very thought-provoking and also terrifying right i was scared at moments right i felt uneasy in moments right it, it is it's a movie that will viscerally tap into whatever it is inside of you if you're willing to open up and just like really go into the the one 
solid, strong message of what this movie's trying to, to tell, right? Right. There there were times where I was lost, right? But I felt similarly like I was lost in watching Annihilation, but in this case, as opposed to Annihilation, I felt like there was still enough for me to grab onto, right? The fact that it has that central metaphor, that central point that it's trying to get across, across was enough for me. And in knowing that it was only really tackling that one thing, right? But also, even within that one thing, there is a plethora, there is a spectrum of ways that that is expressed allowed me to understand and see the many ways in which this movie and makes this movie make sense a lot more than Annihilation did anyway, right? Despite the fact that it, and I think that's why it helps that it's like blunt and in your face, right? Yet still, you know, it requires you to think, it requires you to interpret what you're being shown, right? There's, it's it's the way it's communicating all these things is you know it's not just telling you straight out it but it is showing you straight out in a lot of ways right and there's definitely a lot of moments of beauty in this film the scenery the location very beautiful there are beautiful moments in this mo movie but they're constantly contrast with like death and like deterioration and fear and pain so it, not only do the beautiful, tranquil type of moments stand out, but they are constantly contrasted by and interrupted by the kind of the decay of life, which I appreciate, right? And you see her pain for, for what not only what she's gone through and witnessed, but right the pain of life itself, the pain of the trauma that she's experienced, right the cycle of damage that continues to happen, and the fear in a lot of ways of perpetuating that those same outcomes, that fear that those things could be passed on to new life. Right. All of these types of ideas are all encapsulated in this film. Right. And there are things that I saw watching this movie that will forever be burned into my memory. Right. Just as the crow, the breastfeeding scene with the crow in the witch that will forever be burned in my head. There is the mo the end of this movie will forever and always be burned will seared into my gray matter. Uh, and, uh, you know, I don't think that's a bad thing. It's a, it's a crazy thing. And it's, I think that's one of the many reasons why. <laughs> like, if a movie can affect me in that way, then uh, I give it a lot of credit for, for having that kind of staying power. You know, and, and there are questions and themes that ran through this movie that will also stay with me, right? Because I, yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, and it's a movie that I want to talk about to other people, right? And, uh, like, I love – that's why I went back and listened to one of my favorite podcasts slash film – or film cat, the film cast. I uh, listened to them for over a decade. I really appreciate their views and insights on films, and I – disagreed with the majority of opinions that they had about this movie but it is a movie that definitely 
is super interesting and I found I got a lot out of it and I think we all saw similar things but you know as far as the appreciation for it I, I don't know man I appreciate it a lot more and maybe that's just because I have had to deal with in my life the worst types of dudes and I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's a perspective thing. Maybe it, who knows what it is, but it's definitely a movie that inspires, makes me want to, uh, you know, talk to people about it, see what they thought about it. Right. And uh, would also love to hear more women's views on this movie. I would imagine. I would imagine there are aspects of this movie that really hit home for a lot of women. But I would also imagine the graphic nature, especially of the end of this film, maybe too much, maybe, you know, and plus there are women that defend the toxic type of men, uh, which is absolutely insane. But definitely a movie I would love to hear people's opinions on. Um, and it's a movie that seems to touch on and trigger a lot of different things that could, you know, relate to people differently depending on their personal experiences, you know, because it does show the the spectrum of ways men could be toxic or horrible douchebags, you know, it can definitely touch on all of those different things. And it's at the heart of it a horror movie about a a woman haunted by men in all of its forms in all of yeah in all of his forms its forms anyway so i do want to get into spoilers i want to talk about specifics of this movie and uh this is where we may take some time let's take a quick break from this episode because i want to talk about are you looking to add some unique and expressive artwork to your home office or wardrobe look no further than the many faces series by ray taylor that's me. These abstract paintings on paper explore the endless possibilities of the human face, capturing unique expressions of emotion, mood, tone, and energy in just a few minimal features. Now you can bring these stunning and thought-provoking pieces into your own space with high-quality prints and t-shirts featuring designs from the Many Faces series, or take home a one-of-a-kind original piece for your collection. Don't miss out on this opportunity to add some original and expressive artwork to your home, office, or wardrobe. Head on over to InspiredDisorder.com to browse and purchase original artworks, prints, and t-shirts from the Many Faces series today. And now, back to the show! Uh, so spoilers from here on out. I want to talk about details of this crazy movie. I absolutely want to talk about the end of this movie. Uh, so from here on out, you have been warned. I will be talking about spoilers of the 2022 movie Men, which I watched on, I believe, Paramount Plus. I believe. Uh, so it is out there in the world. Has been out for about a month, I believe. And that's why I watched the other Alex Garland films to then watch this one uh, because I noticed this one was finally available. And, you know, I, I do enjoy getting to know how directors like to tell stories. Makes me appreciate uh, their work more and gets me in their, their, the right mindset to, to enjoy their films. So anyway, 
I definitely want to dig into the details of this crazy movie. So, right, this movie, it starts with, like, music's playing. It's very, like, kind of tranquil. Music's playing. It's raining. She has a bloody nose for some reason. And there's this slow motion of this man falling past her balcony, right? Which slowly we find out what all of that is, right? And just that man being another representation of how a a way in which men can present themselves as being a horrible person, right? And then we have this like long, tranquil drive through beautiful countryside in England, right? She gets to this place. She like rented this house to take a vacation after this tragedy that happened, right? And when she gets there, she eats an apple off of a tree, very on the nose, the Eve eating the apple, right? The original sin, right? This is somewhere in the UK. And while she's eating the apple, there's a man watching her, right? the voyeuristic nature of men right and he jokes later on she goes inside he jokes about her eating the apple referencing just driving home that point if you didn't get it the forbidden fruit idea right and she just left this half-eaten apple on the counter like that that bothered me more than on the the on the nose reference to eve eating the apple right but in that moment he also warns don't flush your tampons right don't it's just like it it is this character jeffrey is a guy who's pretty sweet natured but of an old school mentality where despite him being a nice guy still says things that are you know can be taken offensive or on on some level misogynistic he is like the lightest version of how a man maybe would probably rethink being right in moments but by far out of the all and this is played by uh what's his face rory kinnear who plays all of the characters the only other man in this is her ex-husband, uh, Papa is- Isidu, who is the guy that was falling from the b- balcony. All the men that appear in this town while she's in this house are all played by Rory Kinnear, which took me a minute to, took me a beat to realize that like they were all being played by the same guy, which is amazing. But also goes to highlight the fact that all of these different characters that are played by Rory are all different manifestations of how men can be disgusting, right? And his character of Jeffrey is the nicest of of them, the least uh, painful of all of them, right? And then we get a flashback to her breaking up with her husband and him threatening to commit suicide if she leaves her. Like, this guy is so much trying to play the victim, 
in this situation and so much trying to scare her into staying with him just like a disgusting behavior to like threaten suicide like oh you have to stay with me or i'll kill myself right just it, kind of disgusting right then there's another cut back to another beautiful part where she's like in this tunnel in this echoey tunnel and she's like d having almost this sing song with the the echoes and then contrasted with the man at the end of the tunnel running after her, right it's always like beautiful it's like oh we can't have beautiful things right there's another like thing of being pursued hunted by men right the fear of what could happen if somebody caught her right then she sees a naked guy she's taking a picture of this old rundown house and there's this naked guy that just appears that's in the picture right very weird like these weird things are happening and it, i haven't like it's slow i don't really know aside from the apple thing like i don't know if that's what this movie's about and then you know as we go on right it's uh it's it it shows what this movie's about and as far as when we get these flashbacks to when she's in her apartment with her ex like it's unclear if those are memories or if those just are thoughts that she's had right and specifically one where she's walking down a street and she sees her husband like kind of dead on the sidewalk leg broken arm kind of impaled by this wrought iron fence right that like like did she actually see that is that something she witnessed is that w what she's leaving like did this guy actually kill himself because the way it's portrayed is not like oh she saw him like that it is like it's definitely her recalling either recalling something that she actually saw or it's a dream she had of fears because she broke up with him and his threats that she had right which either could be true either are horrible right and this is like all while she's just kind of relaxing in the bath right this it's constantly this contrast that's going on and then she sees the naked guy outside while she's, you know, giving her friend uh, a FaceTime tour, right? Definitely creepy, right? As the, the door is, like, cracked open and she kind of sees the shadow move past it. And then him, sh after she closes the door, which is a cool, like, old school lock. I really kind of appreciate, <laughs> for whatever reason, I really appreciated the locks on the doors in this movie. Very cool. Uh, and then seeing him, like, reach through the mail slot right and uh it's just she calls the phone the calls you know nine one or not nine one one nine 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 or whatever the emergency number is right and then cuts to a memory of her ex freaking out her texting her friend uh and then him taking her phone right like she's scared of him in this moment he takes her phone right and is trying to force her to put in the password Right. Cut to the naked guy getting arrested outside. And you have a female cop that's very sympathetic to how 
terrifying that can be, right? Contrasted with, of course, the cops, the male cop, also played by Rory Kinnear, not really seeing what the big deal is, especially we see that later when we find out that they just let him free. But you have like this beautiful countryside, right? And she goes, she goes to this creepy church, right? And she has these, thinking back, these memories of after what happened, after her ex punched her in the face, right? That gave her that bloody nose, right? Telling him to get out, right? She finally was like, I had enough. She's like, get out of here. I need you to get out. She's like, I'm tired of this. Like, I don't care if you're going to kill yourself. Do whatever you're going to do, but you're not going to be here anymore. She's just done with his gaslighting bullshit, done with his bullshit altogether, pushes him out the door, tells him to kill himself. She doesn't care. She's never going to see him again anyway. So whatever he decides to do with his life, that's on him, right? And then cut to her as she's in this church remembering this, just her wailing, right? Clearly still traumatized by what I assume at this point, especially her reaction, that maybe he did kill himself. Maybe that was that thought, that memory she had. She did see him on the sidewalk, broken and impaled and dead, right? And just seeing how just clearly still traumatized she is, right? And maybe blaming herself, right? Because that's what he did. He was setting up this whole thing that like, oh, I'll show you, right? You're like making sure she feels blame, make sure she feels at fault, right? So much of this movie, one of the major aspects of how men are just disgusting and horrible are the victim blaming in every way, right? Oh, it's your fault. You, you Like, what did you do to drive him to that? Which you see later as she goes outside, she meets a kid who has the face of Rory Kinnear, which is crazy. And because she doesn't want to play hide-and-seek, he calls her a bitch, right? And then the the pastor who saw her wailing but that didn't con- you know, console her or any way, didn't even make himself known, uh, kind of introduces himself after this kid, uh, this creepy kid, uh, leaves. And then you see the father doing the things like, well, what did you do to... what? Wh- like you must have driven him to treat you that way. Like, what did you do? It is clearly your fault that he treated you like that. Right. Which is so much of laying on just other examples of how disgusting. And even still, like she gets up and leaves and this dude puts his hand where she was sitting on the bench to like feel the warmth from her butt while she was sitting on this bench and he like puts on like it's just like he is the creepiest of creepy creep guys right and of course he's a priest which isn't crazy creep priests have done some of the most horrific things to children uh throughout history so this is probably one of the most kindest portrayals of a priest um And of course, we get more of, and if you know, the whole idea still goes back to the eating of the apple. Women are at fault for original sin, right? Uh, if Eve didn't eat that apple, man, we would be living in paradise, right? Like 
starting from religion has been blaming women and it's no different right this is a cycle of of indoctrination and grooming that have gone on in men for existence right And I think probably the naked guy that shows up that constantly becomes more tree-like, right? First he's just naked, then he's like naked and cut up, and then you see him like putting leaves in himself, and towards the end he's got more like branches growing out of himself. I think more he represents Adam in a lot of ways and how, you know, he was the aspect of original sin as well and how like oh we can't be naked in nature anymore because of women we had to start covering ourselves up because she ate that apple like i feel like it ties in even the altar inside of this church was creepy right on the front of it there's a leaf with the that looks like the leaf is wailing and on the back side the side that only the priest can see and not the congregation you have a carving of a woman a naked woman right you see her breasts and her nipples and then her vagina is like spread open which by no means is crazy to see in a very old church you know not at all surprising to see And then we finally get the missing pieces to the whole thing with her ex, right? After she kicked her ex out, right, he went to the neighbors upstairs and went through their apartment and was going to climb. He was going to break back into her apartment by climbing through to the balcony. And she's like, I don't know if he slipped and fell or if he let go on purpose. Obviously, neither would surprise her. But the fact that he was trying to break in anyway doesn't, I mean, both of those things are 100% on him. Like, she's still in some ways blaming herself. It's like, oh, if I didn't do that, then maybe he wouldn't have tried to do that, right? She's still internalizing that, that the, the, the victim blaming that all of these men are doing. And that's when the priest puts his hand on her leg and is like, well, what did you do to drive him to that, right? Very pervy. And then she goes to the pub, right? And that's when I finally realized that all the white men are the same actor, right? Because there's a bunch of, you know, there's like five dudes all played by Rory Kinnear. I'm like, okay, kind of thought so with the, the priest. But then there, because you had Jeffrey, the bartender, there's like some douchebag guy. And then I think somebody else. And, you know, they all seem to like exude the kind of the kind of wide ranging plethora of versions of toxic male traits. Right. And. The, you see the cop sympathizing with the homeless guy rather than her fears of being stalked. Right. That's where you see that cop who's one of the people at the pub. Right. And you also see Jeffrey not will it, not allowing her to buy her own drink. Like, no, no, no. I'm going to which, again, is the the kind of I don't know what the proper term is where you're trying to be nice, but it's like accidentally like offensive. Right. I, I, I forget the term, but definitely he's he's that version. 
and she's scared so she's finally gets she's telling her friend how to get there right and the fa- the phone cuts out she gets a creepy reply i already know how to get there you stupid bitch right so she's it's it's in like all of these things it's really showing off like up like and in the moment where she was talking to the priest is when he mentions oh it's like you're being haunted by this thing that happened to you and that's where i picked up it's like oh this is all like a haunting right then it makes sense why all the men are the same it makes sense why these weird things are happening right just like they do in a haunted house story all it, it, it it's like she is being haunted by men if men were a a supernatural force whatever reason in this area she is being haunted by all of the different male traits that are disgusting and even they they show themselves in that form via text message that is supposed to be from her friend right so like all of these things could be like in her mind, in her subconscious, like they may not be happening. They may be happening just as a haunted house. You know, it's the question of what's real, what's not right. And maybe this guy, Rory Kinnear, is her father, could be like a projection of her father, right? And maybe that would explain why the only other man in this movie is a black man that she was married to. But instead of seeing all of the men in this area being played by that same black actor, they're all played by this white guy. And also, I would say white men have perpetuated the most atrocities in the world when you also consider white supremacy to be part of that and even how white men have abused and traumatized and spread that trauma into black men because of the past even though this is england there's still a, a white supremacy you know maybe they didn't have the same slavery thing that we had in america but you know so that would be my interpretation. I've heard it being questioned why were all the men played by this one guy and not him. That would be my issue, like that he is kind of a representation of her dad in some ways, and maybe she was damaged from her dad, right? Women having daddy issues. I think a lot of dudes that act like this have daddy issues, right? That's how daddy issues kind of show themselves in men in the most toxic ways where you have these guys that are just trying to live up to and make their fathers proud by acting like the same kinds of assholes that they saw their father be, you know? So that would be my interpretation, that he is like more of a representation of her father. And this is also where I'm starting to think, okay, this is like, this is a haunted house, right? Like, this is a haunting. She's haunted by the memories of her ex, right? She's haunted by their breakup. She's haunted by his threat to killing himself. Then the mental and physical abuse that he put on her, 
right? First, all of the mental abuse, threatening to kill himself, gaslighting her, trying to force her to, you know, unlock her phone, all these things, and then ending with the physical violence of punching her in the face, right? She's haunted by all these things and followed by what is a questionable death, right? Did he kill himself? Did he slip? You know, and her blaming herself for all those things. These are like all the things that are haunting her and either causing her to visualize all these things or this area, this place she goes to visit will manifest all of those fears into existence as haunted houses tend to do. They tend to, you know, fabricate and and bring up and 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 physicalize the the worst fears you may have right let's take a quick break right now to talk about are you a fan of original artwork and live events look no further than the many faces series by ray taylor and the weekly live stream over at youtube.com slash inspired disorder this ongoing series explores the endless possibilities of the human face through abstract ink paintings on paper, capturing unique expressions of emotion, mood, tone, and energy in just a few minimal features. Join me every Thursday at 4.20 Pacific Time as I paint live. Follow the Many Faces series and discover the endless possibilities of the human face. Don't miss out on this opportunity to be part of the action and own a piece of original artwork by me, Ray Taylor. Head to youtube.com slash inspired disorder every Thursday to catch the live stream and visit inspireddisorder.com to browse and purchase the Many Faces artwork. And now let's get back to the show. And just as women hate all men, <laughs> you know, kind of, I mean, it is a, a trend, a, 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 a acceptable, reasonable trend, uh, right? They get out of bad relationships uh, with a shitty guy. All men rep represent the things that she hates about men, right? All of those things kind of tie together in that moment. Uh, then you see, then you start seeing even crazier stuff, right? Which just further makes this feel like a haunting, right? Where she sees the cop outside and she's yelling at him. He's not repi replying when she tries to, to talk to him, right? And then he just disappears, right? There's this just great practical effect of lights going out, right? This like censored light that just times out, goes out, and then he disappears. People disappear, Right. Then you have all of the apples falling out of the tree. Right. It's raining apples. Right. Bringing back like, oh, the it is your fault that th these things are happening to you, Harper. Right. Right. Then you have the douchebag from the, the bar all of a sudden appearing and running at her. Very terrifying. Right. In a different way than the tunnel scene, right? He's right out in front. You can see him, and she barely gets inside, closing the door just just in time, right? And her yelling no. Then you have a guy breaking the window, right? And then throwing a chair. She has a knife. She's in the kitchen, right? I'm freaked out. I'm freaked the fuck out right along with her, right? Because I don't know what's going on. What is she's 
literally being haunted by all of these different men that are played by the same actor, right? And then there's this banging on the door, right? And turns out she opens it. It's the nice guy, the nicer of all of them, Jeffrey, right? Out of all of them that could have shown up, he's the one guy where she's like relieved, which is a false relief, right? And then you kind of find out, right, he's, he's the landlord guy. He comes in. And the window is actually broken. Just like uh, it, like constantly questioning, like what's real, what's not real in this movie. Windows actually broken. You see that it's a crow that's dying on the kitchen floor, right? That's what broke the window and knocked over the chair. And she believes him that she, you know he doesn't think that she's lying. He believes that like yeah, there was this naked guy that got released. The police let him go, right? They sympathize with the the, the this homeless guy versus her concerns and her fears about this guy potentially stalking her so he's like okay he takes it upon himself to protect right he's like oh i need to protect you because i'm a man and you're a woman that's you know he's nice but it's like okay diminishing her a bit and he decides to take a look around and of course he ends up disappearing on the lawn and then we get this kind of trippy and intense moment right you get the naked guy that's all cut up he's got leaves all in his cuts right he's back he shows up right he blows uh dandelion seeds in her face and then there's a lot of slow-mo energy uh, imagery right where she goes back inside and the naked guy reaches through the mail slot again and she stabs the knife through his arm and then he as he pulls the arm out it you know splits his arm in half like a hot dog that's been microwaved too long right which is a brutal scene it is slow as he takes his hand out just cuts through the length of his hand absolutely brutal then you see the boy showing up right and the boy's hand is split open right so now you see that like all of these manifestations are of the same creature, right? Then you see the priest showing up, same split arms, uh, and sh he gets stabbed, right? She runs away, she drives away, right? But then hits Jerry, hits a guy on her way out. She gets out, oh shit, it's Jerry, right? The one guy. And of course, Jerry then turns evil, right? steals her car and she's running now so she's being chased she's on foot jerry's in the car she runs back into she gets back to the house gets back into inside she gets into the thing right jerry crashes the car then through the shrubs into the yard comes the naked guy again same split hand right now he's got a broken leg right because when she hit jerry she broke his leg so he's like continually being damaged the naked tree man is back and then we get to the the reason why this movie really made me love it right and really made me solidify understanding this movie and really, like, it really knocks home, for me, what this movie is trying to say. Not that it hasn't been constantly showing you 
all of these ways toxic men but i think this really goes to communicate the true nature of why those things happen as you see this tree guy who has a pregnant belly all of a sudden giving birth from a vaginal opening underneath his junk right butthole or he's got both i don't know what it is but he starts giving birth right to another like all of the different versions all the actors that rory kinnear played are now one after the other giving birth to each other crawling out of the previous version covered in blood all having the exact same damaged hand the same broken leg all giving birth to the next one and in my view that scene is how generationally men are passing down the damage and trauma to other men not only in generational but also you have the priest and the boy very much a reasonable comparison considering how many boys have been abused by priests in the entire history of organized religion how absolutely common that type of destruction happens abuse happens and how people who tend to be abused in that way will often then repeat that type of abuse to other people that idea of hurt people hurt people is the same idea of a damaged man giving birth to creating another damaged man right and i think that whole idea is visualized literally with a man giving birth to another man another manifestation of all of the same damage of all of the same things that would make that person the horrible person they are right because of all those damaged traits that they got and even eventually it finally turns into her ex-husband right where the final version of that and i think even in that it is communicating how the race of black men is traumatized are traumatized by the abuses of not just other men but specifically of white men too and i so i think it's showing in that all of the different ways abuse and trauma has been passed along whether it's from priest to boy whether it's from white man to black man whether it's from you know generation young gener old generation to young generation in that moment you're seeing this rebirth right you're seeing damaged men create damaged men, right? The cycle of men acting and behaving the way they do is passed down, right? Each version gives birth to the next, all the same damage until her ex finally comes out, the same split hand, the same, right, that was, and also knocks home these injuries, right? Because these are also the same injuries that he had in her memory of her ex-husband on the fence how his hand arm was impaled by the fence you know bifurcated he broke his leg on the sidewalk and seeing all of those same 
injuries expressed in all these different men completely like oh these are like it just further highlights the connection that all these things happen right the idea hurt people hurt people right her ex was damaged from the abuse of men that came before him not to take away their responsibility and their actions but you see that how in life trauma damage things are passed on it is a cycle generational trauma passed on and all he wants from her is to, for her to love him right but it's like like that's what he wants but the way it's expressed is so so damaged right and then her friend finally shows up the next morning and that's where we see that that makes me feel like this is a haunting all of these things actually happen she actually like there is something about this place where all of her worst fears are manifested into reality where she was actually being chased down by this figure this haunting this uh, apparition that actually crashed her car she actually saw these things give birth to each other over and over again and you see the next morning you see the trail of afterbirth from these men giving birth to each other over and over again as it goes into the home and then you also see the that her friend is very pregnant and that also i would say brings back the reason why these men were giving birth to more damaged men in that maybe also Harper's fear is that her friend may be giving birth to a boy will then be passing on those same damaged traits to another generation, right? It's just another part of her fear, this fear of her friend giving birth to another horrible man that was manifested in this haunting. When, I mean, the scene itself, graphic, insane, but also clarified, in my opinion, clarified all of the things it was trying to say. And I appreciated kind of the on-the-nose aspect of it. And But I, I don't know. I, I thought it was perfect. I thought it was perfect. If not for that last scene where these, they're giving birth to each other, and then you see her ex, and then you see her friend who's pregnant, it's like, oh, it all makes sense. Like, these are just... These are the manifestations of all of her worries and all of her fears and all of her trauma in relation to men, past, present, whether that guy is her father, whether it's her ex, whether it's the fear that her friend could be giving birth to the next toxic man to ruin somebody else's life. All of it, right? Right. This movie in so many ways is about the horror of men. Like if the the worst aspects of men were a horror movie and manifested in a haunting, that's this movie. Right. From the mental and physical, you know, abusive partner, right? The gaslighting and then threatening threatening to commit suicide, blaming you while also playing the victim. Too many white men played the like including all the different white men that played played by Rory Kinnear, like all of them different 
expressions of the different flavors of male toxicity, right? From the passive to the overt, some more innocent than others were egregious, right? Obviously, you have like the Jeffrey guy, very kind of subtle and passive versus, you know, the cop or her ex really are the more definitely more the overt. And the ideas of generational trauma hurt people, hurt people, the abuse of religious leaders, to children, white men, to black men, uh, the gender bases of systematic abuse, right? One form of giving birth to the next, right? From person to person, man to man, these abuses just and, and, and aspects of horrible men just keep getting passed down through generation to generation. And never at any point taking responsibility. You know, always blaming the woman for all of these moments, whether it's Eve eating the apple in the Garden of Eden and Harper or Harper in the front yard of this house, right? And seeing how the weight of all that is focused on women, specifically Harper, who is literally like haunted by all the worst aspects of men. And also the fear of her pregnant friend, who I assume is having a boy, right? Would make sense. Right? Considering one hell, that would be, <laughs> if like that was, if that was the gender reveal for her friend, like seeing man give birth to man give birth to man all damaged and disgusting and horrible uh probably the one of the one of the worst gender reveals you could have uh and also the self-torture right where she blames herself on some level which i i assume many women in internalize that right internalize the flood of abuse and I feel like this movie and Annihilation are both communicating big ideas, but this movie I felt it felt like it connected with me and I definitely understood a lot more. It's definitely more on the, the nose, but I appreciated that, obviously. It's a movie that will forever live rent-free, right? Will forever haunt my own head. It will live rent-free in my own head. But anyway, that's my thoughts on this movie. I want to thank you all for tuning into this episode of The Ray Taylor Show. I hope you enjoyed my thoughts on men, the movie. And don't forget to tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for new episodes uh, of movie reviews or TV reviews. And join the conversation on your favorite podcast platform by leaving a rating or a comment. Or if you're doing so on YouTube, Leave a rating, comment, subscribe, all that stuff. If you're watching this on YouTube, I should say. Until next time, enjoy the show. New episodes of The Ray Taylor Show come out every single day. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere our podcasts are found. Binge the full week over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. Buy Ray Taylor Show merch over at InspiredDisorder.com. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace. Ouch! Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.